1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen, and uh, uh, Jenny, we... Have a really interesting conversation set up for this episode. We're actually both kind of nervous for it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nervous. Um, you took your stage fright medication. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you don't say. I don't know why. Like, well, I think you know, West Side Story is for me like the pinnacle of musical theater, but also, you know, sort of a play that was ahead of its time. Uh, in some ways in incorporating la- Latino perspectives into something mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, I think one of the most famous plays in the world. And now we're gonna be speaking to three of the performers that are in the new Steven Spielberg remake. And it's just, it's a, it, it feels historic is what it feels. You know what I mean? That's what it is. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like, like when west side story came out in broadway in 1957 it was historic and then in 1961 when it was a movie for the first time it was mm-hmm. historic it was ahead of its time for its moment because it although there are some issues with it in retrospect it did talk yeah. about race and tensions and immigration and what what that meant um and identity and you know even though the creators were these four white dudes <laughs> they were four Jewish gay men who sort of understood the idea of not belonging and being outsiders and fighting for who you are yes. in the world.
1: Which yes. is sort
2: of what this what this movie is really about, what this what this story is really about. And you know, there's always a
3: criticism revolving around a remake. You know, it's like, oh, why are they doing a remake and and whatnot? But I think in this case, this remake is important because. This time around, they've cast actual Latinos in the Latino roles. There's no quote unquote brown face going on, which is what a lot of people talked about with the original film. Even Rita Moreno, who is in fact Puerto Rican, they still darkened her skin. Whereas in this case, Ariana, who plays the role that Rita Moreno played in West Side Story, I read an article where it was said that she didn't want to audition for this. Like she basically had to be yanked into the audition room and the reason for that is because she felt like there was no way she was going to be cast because she's Afro-Latina and that she was too dark to be considered, you know, by Hollywood standards. So I'm sure that the original film kind of played a role in that fear and that trepidation to audition in the first place. But my God, are we all glad she did for oh my a God, multitude yeah. of reasons.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's interesting because, you know, in the first version of this film, which, you know was in the 60s, like it's 1961, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like pre civil rights movement, sort of high racial tension America. I mean, it still is, but in a different way. And for Rita Moreno, it was like, she was Puerto Rican, but she didn't fit the mold of what a Latina or Puerto Rican was. So they had to put a bunch of brown makeup on her. And in many interviews, you know, she said like, she hated it because it just felt like it wasn't her. It felt like they were stripping her from herself and making her into what people thought Latinos should look like. But I feel like with this new context of America, this movie is even more pertinent and we can take away different things from it that are really prevalent and and very important to take into consideration today. So we had the opportunity to talk to Rachel
3: Ziegler, Ariana DeBose and David Alvarez, three of the stars of West Side Story.
2: I got teary-eyed, I got goosebumps, I laughed, like this conversation just felt like we were five people just talking. And I'm I'm so glad that they took the time to talk to us. And I hope you all enjoy. Guys, thank you so much for meeting with us. We're two Latinas in the entertainment space and This movie speaks so much to us and you guys are absolute stars. So thank you you so much for joining us. And I know these days are intense. (laughs) Yes. You might get tonight's the premiere. I'm going to be there. So I'll
3: see you guys (laughs) in the red carpet.
2: Super cute.
3: (laughs) So like Joanna was saying, our podcast is about living in the hyphen and identity. And at the end of the day, this movie speaks to us, not just as Latinas, but because the story is about people grappling with identity and their place in the world. Mm
2: -hmm. So in this movie, you know, we have on one hand, the white Americans, the jets who are in turmoil in fear of losing their space in the world, which is very pertinent to today. Um, And then you have the Puerto Rican characters who are mostly caught between two worlds, which I think so many of us feel. So our first question is, have you guys felt like you're caught between worlds and how did that inform your performance?
4: One hundred percent. I mean, I I am the happy ending for Maria and Tony that they never got. Um, my my dad is Polish and my mom is Colombian, um, and therefore I always lived in the hyphen of being Colombian American, and. Uh, I, I think it's so wonderful the way you just explained it. it it's so true to some, for so many people who are living in the States with this identity crisis that we're constantly having. I know my own identity is a constant evolution. I'm very proud to be where I come from, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's always proud of me because mm of, of the other places I come from too, or like this idea that you are half something and half something else, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And so I've definitely had trouble grappling with that my entire life. And, and I hope that people are able to see our film and, and see that represented in some way. That's an excellent question.
2: Yeah. Like you guys are not enough, like oh, you're not totally, oh Latino man. or totally always this, that. always yeah. That. yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's been, you know, Rachel and I share that it's been my entire life, like literally my entire life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Afro lat and my mother is white. My father is Afro Latin. Um, you know, I was born in North Carolina, and raised in a very white community. Wow. Um, and so I, a friend of mine was like, did you ever feel like displaced? Like you just feel displaced from birth? And I was like, kind of, I was the only one who looked like me. Mm. And, then, you know, so I went from, you know, space to space, people asking me, are you adopted? Are you, are you black? Are you Latina? I'm not black enough in certain circles. I'm certainly not Latina enough in other circles, right. um, and Lord knows I'm not white enough. But <laughs> I'm sympathetic to all of the lived experiences. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a a little bit of everything in me, so I walk through the world, you know, with, with a lot. And I'm queer. So, you know, Mm -hmm. add something else in there. So many hyphens. So many hyphens. hyphens. And we love you even more for it. (laughs) And I, you know, in my adulthood, got to the space of like, if you don't celebrate all the things that you are, nobody else is going to. So Mm -hmm. I had to change my own narrative. I had to take, you know, take control of my own narrative and, and I think it's something to be celebrated, all of the things that make us who we are. Because at the end of the day, let's get something straight. Puerto mm. Rico is a port. Mm. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like Puerto, Puerto and it's rich, Puerto, I guess.
5: It's a port <laughs> Historically, so many people came through on the passage across, across the sea, across the ocean. They mm-hmm. stopped through all of these islands, right? Mm-hmm. Coming from Africa, coming from Europe. That's a melting pot. It's like the ultimate melting pot down there. We're all a little bit of everything. Yeah. Anyways, let me get off my soapbox. I love it. I
2: love what you just said. Be on a soapbox uh, in my house forever, honestly. Uh,
6: How about you, David? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely an identity issue. I grew up, um, you know, my both of my parents are Cuban. They defected Cuba in the 90s. um, And there was always that constant struggle of should, you know, should my parents teach me my culture? Should they teach me um where where i come from or will that harm my assimilation into america you know and it's kind of Mm -hmm. like this fight between i i want i want to feel cuban or i want to feel part of the latin community but also i'm not really allowed to feel that because i'm not assimilating to the american culture to the american society so you grow up not feeling enough of anything not feeling an latin enough not feeling american enough not feeling anything and it i you know in the end it honestly it makes you stronger because you tap into who you are you tap into what your unique essence is and then you bring that out as an artist to create the things that you want to create so um i think it's it's a hard journey but it just makes you stronger oh
0: my god you like to watch new stuff right
1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
2: And when you were on set, did you ever think back to moments where you sort of had these identity crises, or did this experience sort of foment and clarify who you felt you are.
6: Yeah, um, absolutely. It definitely, it definitely reaffirmed who I am and what my culture is and where my parents came from and the struggles that they had to go through to, to give me a better life. Um, and in fact, it's just given me more pride and and more love for where I come from and almost. Like I'm allowed to accept myself now. I'm allowed to accept Mm -hmm. who I am. And I think this is an incredible thing about this project is that Steven Spielberg, Tony Kushner, just a whole creative team gave us that chance to really learn who we are and and be okay with that, be fine Mm -hmm. accepting that and showing that to this world. Um, And I think it's an incredible almost revolutionary thing what this movie means to the latin community it's opening doors for the entire community and kind of we're being taken seriously now and then giving jobs and we're allowed to be artists in america and that's Mm -hmm. that's the greatest gift that i think steven spielberg has given us
2: and and you're allowed to be your 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 own version of yourself not a version that is painted on you
6: Exactly. Yeah. And
3: As a Cuban American myself, man, David, what you just said, I got teary eyed because for so <laughs> long, everyone was like, get rid of your Miami accent, change yeah. your last name. This was like, you know, seven years ago. And now it's right. like we belong here, you know, and we can have whatever accent we want and be who we are as people. So Thank you. For yeah, thank for you can speak
4: Spanish. You can speak Spanish on screen without subtitles now. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Que cosa más a... buena, vale. Me come on. Now. <laughs> you know, I look like an Irish barmaid, but I'm uh, as Venezuelan <laughs> as they come. I promise. I love that about you. The whole cow. I love you guys, Oh, oh Rachel. My God. And so, uh, Rachel, you actually played Maria on stage before being cast in this movie. Yes. So. How did being directed by, you know, this like little director, I don't know if you've, uh, you know, the listeners have heard of him, Steven um, Spielberg, Spielberg, how oh. did uh, being <laughs> directed by him? An up and coming <laughs> indie director, yeah, Steven I... I... <laughs> <laughs> was Totally up and coming, no up-and-coming. idea who he is. I've um, heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> how did he help you understand and approach the character differently than you had before? I actually had no direction the first time I did it
4: it was oh god it was one of those instances where like you know no shade no tea uh we were very lucky if the director showed up to rehearsal he was going through like major life changes at the moment and he like rarely ever showed up (laughs) so um truly like i kind of was hung out to dry in that in that uh production and and i was i leaned on my fellow castmates gianna grasso who played anita was you know we were best friends and we just kind of were like okay this is what we're doing now um So, you know, you compare that to the experience of showing up to a Steven Spielberg set where so much care has been taken with the production and the representation and getting to have long, lengthy, amazing conversations with Tony Kushner, who has thought of everything in regards to your backstory, and also talks to you and collaborates with you about not only your lived experience, but your ancestors. You know, my abuelita came to Hoboken, New Jersey when she was, uh, it was 1968. And my mother was born here um, in this great city when uh, you know, in 1970. And so it was that conversation. How many jobs did your abuelita work? She worked three. So, you know, we were having those conversations and and getting to incorporate that into Maria's character and the way she carries herself through the world while also holding space for the fact that she's only 18 years old and she thinks she has this super broad worldview. And I was 18 years old too. And I thought I knew everything about everything when in reality I knew absolutely nothing. And Mm -hmm. and Maria about to learn every possible lesson she can in the next 24 to 48 hours and she has wow. no idea so um the direction like you said this, this, this <laughs> little guy i mean steven um it's amazing and it's amazing to watch him work and to approach the material with such care i truly don't think that there's anyone on the planet who loves west side story more and so there was yeah. no better person to usher it into this new generation
2: it's interesting. You guys even went to like Ancestry.com to figure out your backstory. <laughs> what was the third job my abuela had? Um... <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, it was that.
3: <laughs> so Ariana, you play the role originally played by Igat, Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. You share one scene with her in this film, which is, you know, one of the most intense scenes in this movie. How was acting with Rita and specifically in this scene? yeah.
5: Oh, well, I mean, I definitely didn't think about the fact that I was acting with Rita. There was no time, you know. Oh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there, there really was no time. This is like focus on playing the truth mm-hmm. of the moment. Um, because, you know, even yes, Rita and I in real life were very different Latinas, completely different lived experiences. And you see that reflected in this film beautifully generation generationally we're different and that all comes to a head in that scene Mm. and it's interesting you know you have a black woman a black latina looking at a white latina of a different generation and holding her accountable in the moment of you're defending them look what they did to me and you're defending them perhaps you are part of the problem
2: Mm -hmm.
5: this is essentially the subtext there and that you know, had Anita been played by anybody else who was not a black woman, yeah, the subtext would not have been there. And I don't know that it would have been as powerful. It's I'm I'm really heartened by that. It gave us mm. so much to play with and use. I know that day was really hard for Rita. She has since spoken about it being very hard for her to get inside the scene because mm. her brain and her body was telling her that she was still supposed to be Anita. Like I cannot imagine the the inner. Mm. discourse that was coursing through her veins at the time Um, but it it gave us so much energy to use so it was actually a really powerful day as psychologically warped as it might have been for Mm. both of us because here I am looking at her in the face knowing in my brain I know she is who she is but I also know that she is Valentina and she must represent a certain thing in the context of this scene that is wild you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh my oh gosh, my this God. woman who has opened up so many doors for me just by existing is yeah. also playing a woman who in the context of the scene is very problematic for my character, yeah. despite the fact that she's the person that comes in and saves her. Ah. But it, also if it, but
2: what you said, if that character was played by someone mm-hmm. who wasn't you, that subtext would just simply not be there. It wouldn't be there. And in my opinion, perhaps the scene might have fallen flat.
5: It would have been iconic because you've got two anitas in the same moment. But I but. I think that's part of what makes the moment really special and even more charged. And I'm really glad that it exists because, you know, years to come, hopefully there will be someone who does, you know, a deep dive into what that means. Go do a thesis and let's talk about Mm -hmm. what's really happening in that scene it's it could be a really wonderful conversation starter that could encourage empathy amongst us all especially between latinas Mm -hmm.
2: Um, so yeah Yeah. that's right me and jenny always talk about how like you know the narcissism of small differences and how um people take away your latino card in whatever way they can um which is very ironic in a space where we're so absolutely diverse, multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many movies and, and shows that are quote unquote Latinx, still put us all in like one sort of mm-hmm. como que, happy little family. And we all look the same and we all act the same and there's no problems between us. Um, when in <laughs> fact, there's a lot of issues within our community that mm-hmm. doesn't make us any less strong. Mm-hmm. But we gotta, we, we gotta, gotta, we gotta talk to be about it. We, about it. we, we need to, to be addressed. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool.
5: I think there that's interesting way. you bring that up about. Like we're we're really good at policing how we all get to be <laughs> Latino, and that fascinating. Yeah. We do it in the Black community too. We police what's Black enough. Mm -hmm. i think every community has that though you know what i mean and i think in order for real change to happen we have to address some of the issues that are going on within our community Mm -hmm. we're really good at criticizing other communities but are we talking about our own issues and how we treat each other it's very
2: rare no. No, no we will discuss and jenny always says this we will discuss about how like tamales like oh my god you made the tamal wrong therefore you are no longer Accept it here, but then you try to bring up conversations that are more complex and difficult, and people yeah. back away, right? Like, yeah. oh no, 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 right. you know, it's colorism. This, that, I don't want to. Uh, it's uncomfortable,
3: but it needs to be discussed in media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'm glad it's being it's it's happening here, and may it continue to happen because it has to. And it, even in comedy, even if you're doing a straight yeah. sitcom, I think it's yeah. important. Yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely.
1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
2: So, David, you uh, won a Tony at 10? Am I correct in that? Mira, mira 10 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I was having Lunchables and dropping out a tap dance and you were winning at Tony. Like, how dare you? Yeah, I know, I was like
3: an owl in my Christmas play at like a small Christian school in Miami. And you were 15, guys, yes, he
2: was 15, 15, right? Okay, were you were 15? I was, was 15. <laughs> out, like, I said, yeah, I was okay, this actually time. does make a difference. This makes a slight, like, but not too big of a difference. Okay? <laughs> 15, still. 15 um and from what we understand you were sort of out of the acting world um for a bit where you were backpacking through Latin America um yeah. and you just got a call from someone and they were like are you interested in this <laughs> like yeah. how
6: did uh, oh well, my god yeah it's it's kind of a crazy story um I left just the art business because I was so disappointed in it um mm-hmm. it it because of the Latin representation, I felt like there were no roles for me. There was nothing for me to bring to the table. Um, mm. in, in America, I just felt like all the roles were white male leads or white female leads. And that's, you know, I, at most, I'd be like a good background, you know, that that's mm-hmm. as good as I could get, but that's why I kind of left the art business and kind of went to just discover my life, what I wanted to do, what I would, what, what, the meaning of my life what what's the purpose what what are my dreams what do i actually want to do in this life um and i ended up yeah i was backpacking through mexico for about three years and and finally i I get a random message on my on my social media and it's from casting director cindy tolan and she messages me hey i remember i saw you in billy elliott were a kid um would love to, if you could send in a self tape for the role of Bernardo. Um, And, you know, I, I thought it was such a long shot. I, I didn't really have any expectations to it, but I do know that Steven Spielberg is one of my all time favorite directors period. So I, I just felt, you know, I have nothing to lose from at least sending this tape to someone who I admire so much to someone who truly I feel brings incredible art into this world that's the people I want to work with so I sent that tape and the you know here I am the rest is kind of history it's um it's crazy I, I I'm just so fortunate that I I got to work with him and he kind of brought that passion and, and life that I had for art um in general and and I'm so grateful for that because I was disappointed and he made me realize why art is so important and why um, I should fight for it.
2: Mm-hmm. And your character was given more context in this iteration than in the last movie. Um, how did like how did that play out? And how did you feel knowing that Bernardo was sort of this more fully fleshed out type I mean, of character?
6: Yeah, that's really all the credit to Tony Kushner. Um, he, really, <laughs> he really wanted to develop these characters and go into depth of what their fears are, their strength, why they do the things that they do. Why are these games fighting Um There was just so much backstory and so much to implement and, and so much to share that once we got on set, we knew what we had to do. Tony Kushner gave it to us, you know, and, and we just had to play it and bring what we thought was unique about us and and give it to this character. So um I'm just yeah, I'm just grateful that I had these legends um trying to make <laughs> it feel good. <laughs>
2: no. Well, and now you guys are legends, you know? I think this film is going to be mm-hmm. played for generations and generations. It's going to be, you know, the movie I see with my kids and hopefully my kids see with their their kids because it's it's one of those movies I th- that I think represents it's so pertinent to the now. It mm-hmm. still is, uh, and it's really brought new context and, and new understanding to these concepts of identity and who we are and, and where we belong in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, what was for you guys the most challenging aspect of, of doing this, this work of art?
4: I mean, I think it's so
2: emotional
4: I think it was hard for me at least to not take it home with me every night and I failed miserably at that. It was, I mean, especially the final scene, I felt it in my body for days and days and days after this building wow. of, um, of holding the gun in my hand. It was really hard. And pointing mm-hmm. it at, uh, at Josh Andrade Rivera who plays Chino. It was very hard. And mm-hmm. really hard to go through these excruciating emotions of of loss and and trauma, uh, and and also the the conversations that I had with Tony Kushner about what happens when the credits roll, and then this one you really care, you care about what happens to Maria, you care about what happens to those the people who are left, and. Um, I think that was really hard for me. It was hard for me to think about the letter that Maria sends home to her dad um, in Puerto Rico when the credits start to roll. What does she say? Bernardo's Mm -hmm. dead. um, And so is the guy who killed him. And so is the guy that Bernardo wanted me to marry because he killed (laughs) the other guy. Like, trying to Mm -hmm. explain this to her dad um, who who took a risk letting her go to Nueva York all by herself in the first place. So... Mm -hmm. You know that was really hard for me. Anyone else? <laughs> oh my
2: goodness! It mean, was, no. exactly. was a lot.
5: We all had we all had mo- moments. You know, within the context of this film, it's it's a very heavy back act. You know, once that rumble yeah. happens, it gets well, really yeah. heavy. I mean, mine. I have a feeling I know what uh, David's is, but I will let him tell you that. But mine was um, <laughs> the the candy store scene, the rape scene. You know, mm. you don't. Um, your body knows that it is. Well, no, your mind knows that it's not real. Yeah. Your body does not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I I don't, even when I sit and watch the film, that's the part that I close my eyes and don't look at it. Really. Because I still feel it. Um, I yeah. still very much feel all of their bodies on top of me. And the reality of that situation is there are women in the world who have experienced exactly that. And while it's born of great grief the entire moment, doesn't excuse it. And, you know, women are still... Fighting, being heard, and taken seriously oh, yeah. about the fact that these things Absolutely. happen. So things are happening. That lives with me.
6: Um, wow.
5: But what is? What do you live with, David? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
6: David's <laughs> like I have to I follow this. I think the <laughs> I think the the rumble, um, the the knife fight with uh you know Riff, Mike Feist, um, Ansel, Um, that was so emotionally charged. Uh, it was a whole week of night shoots from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And mm-hmm. you had to be in this mindset of kill or be killed. You know, just this. And, and I don't like to be in that mindset, but it it was interesting to to at least experience that with such wonderful actors next to me. Um, and there was a lot of camaraderie. There was a lot of um, this the sense of we're creating something really special here. Um, and we really wanted to make sure we could bring to the screen just the fear, the fear that these kids because they're they're kids. And, and, and we wanted to show that fear of what it's like to understand that you're about to kill and you're about to be killed. Um, and how do you get out of that at that point? You know, so it, it was definitely very emotionally charged. Um, it took me days after that to kind of get out of that mindset. Um and go back to, hey, I love people. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> oh, man. I have empathy. <laughs> it's all so good. Yes,
2: I have empathy. Yeah. yeah. Well, your yeah. actors, you're very empathetic people, and going through that must be incredibly challenging. I cry with Home Depot commercials. So you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys so much. I wish we could stay here forever. Um, we appreciate your time and thank you for making such wonderful work. Um We hope to see you guys in your bright futures many, many, many a time again.
4: Thank you so
2: much. Thank you for having a wonderful conversation. Thanks. And Rachel, I uh, co-wrote Princess of South Beach. So you are the best Gloria I could have ever imagined. I know your
4: name. (laughs) Joanna, how Yeah,
2: you you were wonderful. And (laughs) thank
4: thank you you for for writing it. It was so funny. (laughs) I love it so much. And I actually am like an avid listener because I only got to record Mm. my parts. So I don't know what happens in the rest of the script. So I've been reading uh, and listening. It's so fantastic. So thank you. You brought it to life,
2: girl. You brought it to life. Thank you. And (laughs) and thank you, Adi. And thank you, David. You guys are lovely. You guys (laughs)
1: tonight. (laughs) 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 Life is a highway.